Hey, I'm Alan Hunter. You're listening on the Pantheon Network. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount+. Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG-13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. I'm in love with that song. I'm in love with that song. I love that song. I'm in love with that song. Love that song. I love that song. I'm in love with that song. I love that song. I'm in love with that song. Greetings to all of you dedicated followers of fashion. My name is Brad Page, host of the I'm in love with that song podcast here on the Pantheon Network of Podcasts. Each episode of this show, I pick one of my favorite songs and we explore it together on our quest to understand what makes a song great. You don't have to be a musical expert or know anything about music theory. We don't get that technical here. We just use our ears to do some forensic listening and see what we discover. On this episode, we're digging into an all-time classic song by one of the all-time classic bands. This is The Kinks with Dead End Street. We will be right back after this. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well, I could make a run to the store or I could make one of my new factor meals. (laughs) Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything Factor Meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor Meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. The Kinks are indeed a legendary band, one of the most important and influential bands to come out of the 60s. But in some ways, I think they're overlooked. Although in recent history, they've been viewed in a new light. I don't think they ever received commercial success that's commensurate with their influence. The Kinks formed in 1963 in an area of North London called Muswell Hill. Two brothers, Ray and Dave Davies, were the nucleus of the band. Now, I've heard that their last name should actually be pronounced Davis. But here in America, for literally decades, it's been pronounced Davies. And if I said Davis, no one would even know who I was talking about. 
And I've been saying Davies for almost 50 years, and honestly, if I tried to change it now, I'm sure I would slip up somewhere along the line in this podcast, which would just make it more confusing. So I'm going to continue pronouncing it Davies, and I apologize to anyone who's annoyed by that. Ray Davies was the primary singer and songwriter, and he played guitar. His younger brother, Dave Davies, played lead guitar and would occasionally sing a lead vocal. The original lineup of the band that became the Kinks included Pete Quaif on bass and Mick Avery on drums. Working with producer Shell Talmy, they signed a record deal with Pie Records in early 1964. The band was persuaded to cut a version of Little Richard's Long Tall Sally and release that as their first single. To be honest, I don't think it's a great version. From what I understand, it was a song that they'd never even played before, and it doesn't feel to me like their hearts were really in it. Not surprisingly, the song failed to make much of a dent on the charts. Their second single was an original written by Ray Davies called You Still Want Me, which sold even less than that first single. It didn't even make the charts, but at least it was one of their own compositions. When you pass me by, you didn't look my way, but one thing I know. Their third single, that was a different story. Written by Ray Davies, You Really Got Me was released in August 1964 and was a number one hit in the UK. It was a top 10 hit in the US. But beyond being a hit, this song earned its place in history based on their performance and the sound alone. As legend tells it, guitarist Dave Davies slashed his speaker with a razor to get that gnarly guitar sound. As opposed to blues or 50s rock and roll, this was the sound of rock music, arguably the first real rock guitar riff. It set the template for all the hard rock and, yes, heavy metal that would come. You cannot underestimate the importance of this song.
They followed that with a string of incredible singles. Most of them have become classics, including All Day and All of the Night, Tired of Waiting, See My Friends, A Well-Respected Man, Till the End of the Day, Dedicated Follower of Fashion, and Sunny Afternoon. Just an amazing run of songs. And in November 1966, they released their 15th single, at least I believe it was their 15th single in the UK, Dead End Street, once again written by Ray Davies. Ray had been continually improving and evolving as a writer, and Dead End Street is, I think, somewhat of a milestone in the Kinks catalog. In previous songs, Ray had explored topics like class, fashion, and wealth, all with a satirical bent, but he was tackling something a little more serious here. This is a song about poverty. It's been said that this is the song where Ray's lyrics moved from social observation to social commentary. Ray started with a backstory for this song. It was about a couple that wants to emigrate to Australia under what was known as the Assisted Passage Migration Scheme which was instituted to increase the population of Australia. But the couple in this song can't find a job in Australia, so the plans fall through, and they are stuck in England with no work there either. Ray and Dave's sister, Rose, had actually emigrated to Australia, so that was a source of inspiration. And in fact, a few years later, Ray would write a whole concept album based on Rose and her husband, Arthur. Now, in June 1966, before they recorded this track, Pete Quaife was injured in a car accident and decided to leave the band. John Dalton joined the band on bass, and he plays on this track. However, shortly after the song was recorded, Pete Quaife returned to the band. So, Quaif appears in the promo film for this song. It's kind of a proto-MTV video. You can find it on YouTube. But it is John Dalton who actually plays on this track. The band recorded two versions of Dead End Street. They initially recorded it with their regular producer at the time, Shel Talmy. Talmy added an organ and a French horn to the song but the band was unhappy with that version. So when Tommy left for the day at 5 o'clock, the band decided to re-record it on their own, this time bringing in the great Nicky Hopkins on piano. And Ray decided that he wanted a trombone instead of a French horn. So they went down to the local pub, where a lot of the session musicians would hang out, and they found a trombone player named John Matthews and they dragged him back to the studio to add a trombone part. So the song features Ray Davies on lead vocals, Dave Davies on backing vocals, acoustic guitar, and bass, John Dalton on backing vocals and bass, and Mick Avery on drums, with Nicky Hopkins on piano and John Matthews on trombone. Now, you may have noticed that I credited both Dave Davies and John Dalton with playing bass. And that's because there are actually two bass parts on the song. One is played on a typical Fender bass, while another part is played on a Dan Electro bass, which has a brighter, twangier sound. 
When the song begins, you can hear both bass parts with that twangy Dan Electro sound right up front. And let's hear a little of that trombone part. And that short intro will take us right into the first verse. At this point, Ray was writing songs so rapidly that he was pulling ideas and inspiration wherever he could find them. He was living in an old house at that time that had a crack in the ceiling, and he used that to kick off this first verse. There's a crack up in the ceiling, and the kitchen sink is leaking. Out of work and got no money, a Sunday joint to bread. On the second part of the verse, Ray doubles his vocals. What are we living for? department on the second floor. The instrumental backing also follows that vocal line, which reinforces the melody. Let's hear that all together now. What are we living for? department on the second floor. No money coming in. The rent collector's not trying to get in. We are strictly second class. We don't understand. That section there that leads us into the chorus takes advantage of the woozy but mournful sound of the trombone. And there's a nice, simple snare drum fill that kicks off that part. And really nice use of gang vocals here. Leading into the chorus, Ray sings, We're strictly second class and we don't understand. And then the crowd chants dead end, like they're voicing their anger and frustration. We are strictly second class and we don't understand. Dead end! We should be in dead end street. Dead end! People are living in dead end street. Then the call and response pattern switches. Instead of the crowd chanting first, they respond to Ray's call of Dead End Street with a defiant yeah. And that brings us directly into the second verse. On a cold and frosty morning, what must stop me 
that trombone plays a pretty prominent part in this verse. Let's listen to that. And here's the part of this song where he talks about losing the chance to emigrate to Australia and not being able to work. What are we living for? on the second floor. No chance to emigrate. I'm deep in debt now, it's much too late. We both want to work so hard we can. People live on Dead End Street. People are dying on Dead End Street. I'm going to die on Dead End Street. You know, a lot of Ray's songs are satirical, sardonic, farcical. But this song, lyrically... This song can be straight up bleak. I think Ray saw himself as kind of a champion for these people, the working class. He would mock those of us who were pompous, spoiled, and greedy. But at this point anyway, he sympathized with the common man. Mick Avery does some tasty little drum fills during the chorus, so let's go back and listen to that. That brings us to a short instrumental section that features the trombone. You can also hear that twangy Dan Electro bass here. And they also add in some hand claps. Let's bring up the vocals again on this chorus. There's some terrific barroom-style piano under the chorus played by the great Nicky Hopkins. Nicky was the go-to guy at the time. He must have been the busiest piano player in England all through the 60s and into the 70s. He played on so many records. Let's see if we can bring up his piano in the mix. As the song approaches the final fade-out, 
the hand claps return, and the trombone takes a solo on the way out. The Kinks, Dead End Street. As I mentioned before, The Kinks shot a promotional film for this song. It's one of a number of films that could claim to be the first music video. It's always a fuzzy science to determine the first of anything like this. But the clip for Dead End Street was definitely a very early precursor to the MTV-style video. Instead of lip-syncing to the song, the film shows the band acting out a scene where they're dressed as undertakers carrying a coffin. Eventually, the body, or the ghost from the body, jumps out of the coffin and escapes. Of course, the BBC refused to show it. They said it was in bad taste. But you can watch it on YouTube now. Thanks for joining me for this episode. If you enjoyed this one, there's plenty more like it. You can find all of our previous shows on our website, lovethatsongpodcast.com, or just search for the I'm in Love With That Song podcast on Amazon, Google, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, anywhere that you can find podcasts, you'll find this show. You can keep in touch with us on our Facebook page. Just look for the I'm in Love With That Song podcast. That's also a great place to leave comments or feedback. And if you'd like to support the show, the best thing you can do is to just tell people about it. Share it with your friends because your word of mouth is the best advertising that any podcast could get. I will be back in two weeks with another new show. Until then, check out some of the other great podcasts on the Pantheon Network. And thanks for listening to this episode on Dead End Street by the Kinks. Hey, hey.